You're listening to Dramas Over Flowers with Saya, Anissa and Parama. Hi everyone, this is Saya. Hi, it's Anissa. And it's Parama. Welcome back to another long yak. Uh, Yay! Yay. We've actually watched new dramas on time. Yes. I'm proud of us. Very exciting. <laughs> Very exciting. So let's dive right in with the first drama which Borama forced us to watch for homework so that we could do this episode. <laughs> Thank you. <laughs> that is My Lovely Liar, which does Kim Seo-hyun, Hwang Min-yeon, So Ji-hoon and Lee Shi-woo. Shi-woo. <laughs> 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 Yeah, it's been a while since I've watched Kim Sohyun in a drama. Um, let me tell you quickly, let me give you the one-line synopsis. Thank you, the addicts. Um, it is about a woman who can't trust people because of her ability to detect lies, who gets involved with a genius composer accused of murder. And that the leading character is played by Kim Sohyun and the person accused of murder is Hwang Minhyun, who I think everybody knows from Alchemy of Souls. But I have recently discovered him in like a hype variety show. Because <laughs> 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 he's super cute. Yeah. And okay, I, anyway. I know him from neither thing. So he's new to me. Do you me. know him? Oh, right. He's, he is slash was a member of Newest which I don't remember if they're active or disbanded or like they're just two of them now or something. I'm getting this totally wrong. I'm sorry for the fans of Most this. Most importantly, group slash duo. <laughs> we recently had an interview with Hyungi. Uh, Chigga! And yeah. uh, um, Suchwita. And it turns out that he debuted a year before BTS. And that is the most important piece of information. Is he older or younger? Him. I can't tell. He seems very young. He does. He's 27. He's 95. But yeah. he just comes across as a kid. Like, that's just his, like, his manner is very young. One of the other main characters is played by So Ji-hoon, and he looks, they have a very similar vibe. He actually reminds me of Chao-nu a lot. I was going to well, say, Wang this Min-hyun? boy yeah. has, yeah. Exa- he has Chao-nu face. Exactly yeah, Chao-nu face. Does. The looks, the blankness. Yeah. The lack of acting talent. Okay, people are going to roast me. I'm sorry. This guy's not working for me. He's just cute. I mean, I've seen him being himself. So that's why that's why I'm squealing. Well, that's why they cast idols, right? Is because you have this pre-existing affection from their fans <laughs> that is not necessarily earned by their acting talent or their experience <laughs> acting. But the K-pop world also seems to like cast for their groups with the chewing gum face like in mind. So a lot of these boys easily transition to main lead roles because their face mm-hmm. kind of screams Korean drama main lead. Yeah. I mean, the talent doesn't always back it up, but sometimes you get, you know, a row one, for instance. So it's it, true. it works out. But in fairness, he is a rookie actor in pretty much every respect. The problem, I guess, comes when you cast him across someone like Kim Sohyun, who is not a rookie. Oh, hold on, hold on, The total opposite of rookie. Uh, wait, hold on. Are you telling me 
you, are you are you finding his like performance in this drama like I'm more not, up to par? No, no, no. I'm enjoying it. I'm enjoying it. I I'm probably not having. Wait, I mean he's. I mean, I do you guys episode. think he's good in this? He hasn't had anything yeah. <laughs> more to do. But I mean, you've probably watched more Boroma. I've watched one episode plus eleven minutes of episode two. So for most of that time, he is in a mask and not saying much. I but am I've also yeah. I'm also done. wasting my opinion on episode one, where I find him to be very blank faced. But um, if you've seen more and you think he's good, then I'm willing to trust your opinion until I see for I myself. I think he is more than adequate for this particular role. It doesn't really require a lot of heavy lifting. He needs to be pretty and he needs to have expressive eyes, which he does. He does. He, he, yeah. he wears his mask like 90% of the time. So the eyes part is very important. Yeah. And he just needs to look a bit like a bajara for most of the time, which he also does. Yeah, See, that's that, true. That's exactly yeah. it. The, I, I, I like dramas because of vibes so yeah. many times. And this drama has like the anxious, sad boy juxtaposed against like this confident girl who is just like really clever. I Come on, that's, yeah. that's the vibe I love. Speaking of like Kim Soyeon, I have to say that while I think she's a great actor, one, I do not feel that she's aged up. Like she can, it's still difficult to look at her and think, oh, she's 24. Mm. Like I look at her and I think she's 18 or less. Yeah. No, like she hasn't true. got that mature vibe yet. I actually, um, I yeah, I haven't seen her in a lot of adult roles. Mostly I know her from her child roles. And the few things that I have seen her where she's playing an adult, I feel like I haven't really been impressed. Like, I, I don't know that she's made the transition to an adult actor that successfully. But here I actually did find her interesting. And I think she's doing a good job. And she has, I think for the first time in her adult roles, I'm actually seeing that like main character gravitas. And yeah. so I think her her character, so, you know, like, I mean, we barely, very briefly mentioned the premise, but she's like this kind of mysterious person who, like, hires out her lie detecting ability. She's called the liar hunter. <laughs> she's a human lie detector. I love yeah. that she's kind of figured out that this inborn ability that she was just born with, like, nobody's going to buy that so that she has to, like, pretend to have, like, a shamanistic <laughs> deity attached to her so that people will actually take her seriously, which is hilarious. Which is more believable. Yeah. Yeah. Um, yeah. yeah. Okay. And, like, I don't know, but it works because, you know, like, people are... For it whatever does. reason, you're, you're people are willing into, to. Yeah, you're you're tapping into this pre-existing belief system, exactly. right? Yeah. yeah. So it's it's smart writing when you have these things figured out, and also, like you said, Anisa, I, I, it feels like she has grown up enough that she can carry a main lead role. But also, I was thinking because I think Sarah had pointed this out about her characters before. She kept getting given main lead roles with like romance angles opposite much older actors for some reason. Yeah, and yeah. I think she is close enough to Hong Minyoon's um, yeah. age. Yeah, they're that only a few years apart. Yeah, yeah it, they have like a very natural dynamic. And also, Hong Minyoon has that youth vibe as well. So both of them, they do seem well matched in that way. But both of them seem younger than they are. Absolutely, and that's they not, do. They, like, they look younger than they are. But, but my point is, like, in their general demeanor and how they carry themselves, like, she does seem like somebody who has had a lot of dealings with a lot of people. She's faced a lot of lies. She mm. is mm. a cynical person, but she also, you know, like, there are a couple of scenes in future episodes that you guys haven't watched where they kind of show her showing trust in people that 
otherwise like in shady situations where most of us would be wary because she knows instantly if they are telling the truth so she comes across as a really straightforward trusting person to everybody else but she isn't she is really deeply cynical but because she can hear the truth she has the advantage of being able to trust people that most of us would be wary of and she can carry this this thing off like where she is perceived as being like this young optimistic person but who she actually is is like this sad wary yeah <laughs> kind of hurt person yeah so yeah so i wanted to actually the reason i brought up my discussion of her was also not just because i wanted to talk about her but also to talk about like why his character is not working as well for me I think it's not just the acting, although I do find him a little bit blank faced. Sorry. Um, (laughs) But I think it's also that I just don't find his character very interesting. Like he's this genius composer. Um, And like he's how we know that he's a genius. Not only do Korean people think he's a genius, he's telling white people what to do. So now we really know that he's a genius, right? Like that's the ultimate... I was just rolling my eyes so hard at that scene where he's like Zoom conducting for a for like a European orchestra. I was like, okay, drama. I just don't really. He clearly has some trauma. I don't care about this boy's trauma. I just want a <laughs> drama about her. So I'm sorry. I'm he sure. does seem like a character from another drama, right? Like, why are you? Yeah, yeah. Kind of, yeah. I yeah. at least in episode one, I'm just like. Bro, like, I don't really care. Give me more of Kim Soyeon and her, like, very <laughs> fascinating business. Which, like, her cafe, the tarot uh, cafe, it's really giving cafe Minamdang vibes. <laughs> Did anyone else I feel got that? that. But, but not in a good... Like, I don't want that those vibes because that drama kind of went Yeah, funny. Hopefully, hopefully only in aesthetic and nothing else. Yeah. But the other thing is... We haven't talked about the drama we're going to talk about next yet, but like literally, I watched the ep- like the episode of My Lovely Liar back to back with an episode of Touch <laughs> Behind, your- <laughs> <laughs> Behind Your Touch, and um, I feel like Kim Soyeon's character needs to be in the same drama as Imingi. That is the drama I feel like I'm watching with that back to back thing. But like, we'll get there. Mm. But like, they need to be. Uh- I don't know, families or just not romantically. Not romantically, no. I don't think I would enjoy yeah. it romantically, but like as a kind of detective. Yeah, as a supernatural <laughs> aid to that detective, right? Yeah. Instead of the, yeah. Yeah. Well, we'll, we'll, we'll get there. We'll get there. Borma, you had, did you have something else to say about My only, Lovely Liar? Only when you were talking about the scene where he was conducting um, this <laughs> European uh, team. And he's like, did he change anything in the guide? They're like, no, we didn't. And they're listen- it, the, the whole thing is being treated like this is such serious music. This is amazing music. And they are playing this really generic hip-hop track. <laughs> 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 Something you get in like these really cheap like sensing sites. My sister is like really into like classical music YouTube and she was like so salty. She was like, what is this? She was laughing at it so much. Well, well, if we're going to talk about this, then I also have a bone to bring to the table. Okay, bring your bones. <laughs> Pick them. Okay. So my bone is as a former one time uh, football fanatic in a nation of football fanatics. So they made Kim Soyeon's character like a Manchester like, man. A Man United fan. <laughs> I'm sorry, not Manchester, Borma. There's two teams sorry. in Manchester. So sorry. <laughs> and they, uh, yeah. 
if you know, you know. <laughs> I don't know. So, <laughs> and then, so on the one hand, I was like, like, where have Man United, like of all teams, as a former Man United fan, which I probably don't want to disclose, but like, here we are. <laughs> but, you know, when she was watching the World Cup, and, and, oh, okay. The fact that I lost my mind over this scene, like that is the most unrealistic thing. She turned it off before, not only before the match was over, but like the first half was over. No football fan would do that. Like, excuse <laughs> me, have you ever watched football? It's not over until it's over. Like literally. Well, I'm not even a football <laughs> fan slash soccer fan. And I know that was weird. Yeah. Also, I think Man U is really popular in Korea because of... um. What's his yeah, name? Yeah, we know why, because yeah. they're a huge team. Pak, no, but, yeah. but also Park Ji-sung used to be... What, oh, didn't he used true. to be on Man U? So, like, it, and he was kind of the first, like, really big Korean player to be in one of these European, like, teams. That, mm. So, like, I think that caused a lot of fandom in Korea yeah. for that team in particular. I, I did laugh my head off at the Sonning Min Totoro. That was really funny. <laughs> like, that was legitimately so Son funny. Min, I was like, <laughs> That was great. I enjoyed that too. That was that was good. That was really good. In general, like after watching one episode, I am going to continue watching this. It's very interesting. Mm, I'm into Kim it. So character, the premise is very interesting. Like I was kind of rolling my eyes at the premise because you know it kind of when they give these summaries, it kind of overplays the she's one thing and he's the total mm. opposite thing. And I was like, yeah. okay, but it actually isn't um, that overwrought. No, it's, it's actually it's quite not, interesting. It's not. So I I forget where episode one ends. Have they uh, become neighbors yet? No. Okay, so it's it's kind of going in that direction. They end up living in the same I've building. I've just got there. It's 10 minutes into episode two. Okay, so the end of episode one is basically when like the whole neighborhood chases him down. And she's like, yeah, stop, he's telling the truth. Him. Yeah, yeah. And then he mm. suddenly remembers the face of a person that he saw once five years ago. Like you do. I don't think it was the face. It was what she said. Okay. That that's what that's what. Like if I said back. it, it is. But don't give the drama too much credit. The drama does like bring back. Why does she not remember my face? Thing. <laughs> well, I mean, you had a mask on. Why would she remember your face when she can't see your face? I will not give you for more context because then it becomes spoiler. Okay. Like there are definitely yeah. some like portions of this that are you just have to kind of suspend disbelief. But it's not to the point where it's like taking me out. You know, no. it's, it is and actually also, well written in like the things that matter, I feel. that mm. That's really true. But also the thing that really keeps me in the romance is a part of it. These two have chemistry and the more episodes you watch, I what is it at now, right now? Like episode six? I think, six, I think. Right. I have watched episode four. And just in the first four episodes, you can see these two have like great chemistry. And also, just uh, for people who like numbers, uh, Vicky just released that um, this drama is stopping their internal charts in 127 countries. Well, and that is a bit of a, a big thing. Hmm. That is a big thing. It seems to have really good word of mouth, which I feel like is something that you can't replace. You can't. The thing that is most impressing me about this story currently, though, I have my complaints, but those complaints are tied to spoilers, which I can't do in this one. So come <laughs> back, back. Uh, for, on, a, on a different mm. episode for that. Yeah. 
But the thing that I'm really enjoying is how well thought out Kim So Hyun's uh, magical powers are. Like mm. her lie detection powers, they, they are meticulous about how yeah. they are showing her sensing lies. And also her backstory. So she has a difficult relationship <laughs> with one of her parents. Um, she, she could tell lies from when she was very young. So she accidentally told the truth mm. when she was a baby and that situation was kind of heartbreaking because she's carried the guilt of like quote unquote hurting that parent um, and that parent has been abusing that uh, guilt for decades so it's it's a really complex relationship but it's 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 kind of interesting that the drama doesn't do it too heavy handedly uh, it's they are very light touches but it's nice because they have thought out the many ramifications of having such a power, how that would affect different dynamics and different relationships. So that's been a lot of fun to watch. Mm. You know, I was thinking actually with this that she reminds me a lot of like Sua in um, mm. I Hear Your Voice. Yeah. Um, Lee Jong-suk's character. But also I was thinking of that drama because, you know, when we were talking about how she comes... Uh, across as a very jaded and like tough character that like we're not unused to seeing her play those characters she's a, she actually specializes I think especially in her child roles or her younger roles she specialized in playing these emotionally complicated layered and difficult characters so mm -hmm. that's really like one of her strengths and I just want to also clarify that I didn't mean that she's not that kind of actor just that her face belies her experience. Like she looks very young and she often sounds young, even though she's very good at pulling off these tough roles. But it's difficult to think of her as older, mm. as old as she is, because I always think she's younger than she is. But yeah, I think there's a lot of parallels between her character and you know, do you remember like in the opening episode of I Hear Your Voice when Lee Jung Sok goes into that, you know, the classroom and it's full of, or wherever it was and it's full of all of these, like the clamor of other people's thoughts. And then you have like Kim Seon who has that same, it's almost, it's a very similar kind of scene. Where she, and I didn't think of it until they'd shown the scene. Oh, of course, when she goes into a physical space full of people talking, that's going to like set her lie detector off mm. in a way that's very noisy inside her head, which I, I like the sort of the sensory um, aspect of that. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, I don't like the overload. but No, but and but like on that note, like that's just a small example of how the writing is not hitting us over the head with this. Like you said, mm. Borma, I mean, I've only seen one episode, but, you know, like. You see the scene right before that with her coworker where her, her coworker's like, oh, there's this meeting. You don't have to go. And she's like, no, no, I'll go. You know, And you can tell that she doesn't want to go, but they don't come out and say, oh, it's going to be so uncomfortable for you because all mm -hmm. these people are going to be lying because like, why would they, they wouldn't say that to each other in real life. Yeah, Instead, right. the drama just trusts you that you're like willing to stick around and find out why she doesn't like it. And then five mm -hmm. minutes later, you find out. And it's a much smarter and like more enjoyable to watch way of it makes you feel writing smart it. too yeah yeah because <laughs> you're like oh that's why okay now i've like unlocked a level on the drama yeah. so i'm smart i'm glad Let's to hear that going. it continues and like i'm excited to watch more shall we move it on does. to the next drama oh, before we before we move on to the next drama i just want to quickly say because it it just i like it was a bug in my mind, I couldn't figure out who this person was, where I had seen them before. But um, Yoon Jeon, who plays um, Hwan Min Yoon's um, 
boss slash friend, like oh, the, yeah. the CEO of the company. He seems so familiar. I'm like, I've seen this guy somewhere. Tomorrow. <laughs> yeah, tomorrow. he's that guy. The one who always gets off work at exactly like five o'clock or whatever. Yeah. yeah. I, I yeah. love, I love I literally clicked again. on it at that moment. <laughs> and I was like, ah. Oh. Yeah. yeah. That's right. No wonder he was familiar. Right. Just... I also had like that niggling. Oh, who is he? Who is he? I've seen him before. And then as soon as I saw it, I was like, I know who he was. So uh, he's the CEO of the company where uh, Hong Minyoon's character, Kim uh, Duha, he does his composing. And the artist he composes for is Shion, uh, who is, uh, sorry, Shion. <laughs> the artist is Shion. Um, and he only composes for her. And initially, for like for a brief second, I was like, is, is um, Yoon Jiyeon's character going to be that scummy CEO who's like hitting on this very young yeah. singer? I, I don't know. Thankfully, that doesn't seem to be the case. He's just, he's a good friend too. Um, though I don't know where the story's going to go, but just, I'm just glad they steered away from that. I, I, am, I was so scared it was going to go there, but yeah. Okay, I've just realized that Sean is played by Yuna of Shooting Stars. <laughs> uh, do you remember that character? Yeah, but I did the not actress? recognize her. Uh, nice. No, me neither. Okay. All right, we really need to move <laughs> on to the next drama. <laughs> okay, Wait, let's move okay. on. Yeah. So the next drama we wanted to talk about, which all I think all of us watched episode one, um, I think episode two, like, literally came out this morning. So mm-hmm. that is Behind Your Touch. Touch Your Behind. Which we've been calling <laughs> Touch Your Behind. Yes. Because why Why would you call it anything else? Um, so just I to think give they you... made a mistake when they were releasing the title. They meant it to be Touch Your Behind. Uh, most likely. Perhaps uh, a miscommunication from the in the community, in the promo materials. Let's, let's give them credit, guys. Come on. They came up with such a great name and made it very, like, made the <laughs> intent so clear. They were like, just, just look at it in a mirror. <laughs> I also That's... just realized, if you look at their posters, you know the Korean title is Hippage? Yeah, it is. Yeah, yeah. Uh, But they've got the hing, the letter, the H letter as a butt shape. Oh my god, you're right! <laughs> I did not notice that. Okay, so quick... Uh, why is this funny and why are we all... Quick synopsis. So basically, this is a story about a veterinarian in a rural area who gains the power to find out the past of a human or an animal when she touches their butts. She is psychometric. (laughs) Yeah, she is psychometric with butts. (laughs) And a police detective who has, for some reason, been demoted. I mean, he used to be in Seoul and now he's in this like little town um, and he wants to like get back within a month to Seoul. So he's looking for some crime to arrest because he's like <laughs> such a great cop he's like we need more crime to happen so i can arrest like, lots when of people. is the redevelopment <laughs> happening in this town so i can get the crime rates up right right he's in the violent <laughs> crime unit and he wants more violent crime to happen because it'll be good for his career mm-hmm. only the beginning of how horrible a person he is but we'll get into that heroin is played by Han Ji Min, and the detective is played by Yi Minki. okay 
So I, I hear your censure, Anissa. I have a lot I, of opinions just, about this drama, but you guys go ahead first. You you tell me what you what you thought of episode one. We we hear you. We we do, but I feel so like Anissa should go first. <laughs> yeah, go go first. Okay, you are, okay, okay. I'll go first. So I had like initially heard about this pairing, like actor pairing, and I was like really excited because I love these two, um, and I wanted to see them again, and. Um, I was also like, maybe a better role, like a happier role for Iminki after his last drama, which was much more serious, you know, maybe funny, some comedy. Always love him in some comedy. <laughs> and then I read the premise like a couple, like, was it yesterday? It was yesterday. So our friend Yuna has been on the show before was like telling us to watch this because it's full of <laughs> dog butts. And she was like, it's so funny. And also so like emotional. And I was like, okay, I'll watch it. Like, and then I went, I looked at the premise and I was like, what? And then I was like, okay, I'm hoping that this team is not using this premise as an excuse to make this female lead do sexual harassment. But I was wrong. I was wrong. It is exactly <laughs> that. I don't know why, why, they, why you would do this. Okay, like, it's so bad yeah. for so many reasons. I also really dislike when they make the woman in, in a drama, like, for some reason, for plot reasons, like start to do like bad behavior that in real life only men ever do. And this feels very gross to me. On top of that, like I don't like Eminki's character at all. Like I know we were like, oh, Detective Eminki, always a good thing. But he's like so harsh. He's like one of those like cops that just like wants to arrest people. He wants more crime to happen. Also, Okay, yes. In their first interaction... Oh, no, sorry. That was their second interaction. The first interaction was when she's, like, on the back of a runaway cow. That was actually funny. That was funny. the second. That, that was the second interaction. Oh, that was the second. Okay, Wait, what was the first? When she gives him a flyer when he gets off the bus. Ah, uh, yeah. And, like, his third interaction is, like, when she's groping someone on the bus. So, like, clearly he has a bad... He has a right to have a bad opinion of her. But, okay, I'm going to spoil something that happens at the end of the episode. But, like, he... Like, she touches his butt because he's about to fall down the stairs. And, of course, obviously, the place you would put your hands to support someone when they're falling down the stairs is their bum. Like, why Why would you try something that is, like, more helpful? Who knows? Um, anyway, so then he, like, turns around and, like, judo flips her onto the hard ground. That's police brutality, my dude. That is, actually. Okay. I have to say, halfway through the episode, it dawned on me that this was a really awful incarnation of her power. Like, why butts? There's no way for her to use this power without it being... I feel like um, it could have been really offensive. funny if if they had chosen, like, literally any other body part. Yeah. And it could have been something that's still, like, very personal. Like, someone's head. You don't go mm. around touching people's heads. That is mm. something you only allow people who are close to you to do but you're not going to be mistaken as a pervert and arrested and then you're not also going to be like oh well in order to help people i must continue to grope people's behinds like you yeah. never like what yeah like there's no way to make that okay no exactly so i don't know what they're planning to do for the next yeah. 16 episodes the last thing i will say is like i didn't find it funny very often it was very rarely funny to me so i just i'm not i'm not on board for this it's not for me. I have to say, I don't disagree with you on a lot of it. Like, I think that the comedy tone is also a bit too much for me. Like, it's 
I think the premise can only work if it's a comedy, but I don't think there's room for the drama to become serious with the way that uh, Han Jimin's power is meant to work out. Like, this isn't, for example, in a drama like He is Psychometric, where... Uh, what did he, he just he that's just skin to skin contact mm. and that's something that you can work with and that can become serious but when it's a butt it just can't you there's no way to turn this drama into like you can't give it gravitas while that's the basic fundamental premise but there's so much tonal whiplash right because the first time you meet her she her mother just died and she's been sent to like live with his grandfather who basically like ignores the grandfather the grandfather is so so hateful and makes me so angry like i feel super triggered by it i was gonna say i also feel extremely triggered yeah which is another reason i won't be continuing to watch this Yep. It's just such yep. a thing. Yep. Like, it took me years. Like, I was it somebody who was, like, one of my friends was saying to me a few years ago at, at this point, but, like, that was something that she experienced from her family members. And it wasn't until she got married that her husband pointed out to her, you know, this isn't normal. And her husband is, like, um, not Asian. Mm. So... Like, it wasn't until that moment that she had that realization that this thing is such an awful, dysfunctional, toxic family behavior that is genuinely traumatizing. Like, it changes a human being very fundamentally. I have personally been through that myself, so I can I can attest to that. Yeah. Yeah, it's really awful. And it's very destructive, to, especially for a child. And yet I think it's quite common in, um, certainly in Asian societies, I think it's very common to have this like stony silence from an elder, uh, like a father or a grandfather or an uncle or a mother. I don't know. Like, I think men do it a lot more. Like it's weaponized silence. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. And it's it like it can erase a person's existence. Like your sense of your existence disappears when people are ignoring you in that like solid brick wall kind of way yeah it's really awful yeah and yeah. and like totally 100% agree it, it was horrible but then like you have that and that and that is actually portrayed well I mean it's horrible to watch but it's portrayed pretty realistically and then you have like all this other stuff going on which is like so ridiculous I don't know what to make of it <laughs> I didn't enjoy the Hanjimin parts I'm sorry to say mm-hmm. like the last thing I remember seeing her in is probably like rooftop prints um, that's so funny is, that you say that because my sister was watching with me and she's like is she the actress from the tracksuit drama and I was like, <laughs> yeah. I was like wait she's like the one with the yeah. tracksuits and the time, tra- time travel I was like how did yeah. you even remember that she's like I remember her from the I think that's the last time she saw her as well Yeah, I, know, I really love her now because her performance in oh my Mom gosh moves. No, before our one blues, night. she was good. At, she was really good in our blues too. But I turned around on her in that drama that she did with Jisoo. Familiar wife, familiar yeah, wife. Yeah, I, was, yeah, I kept yeah, thinking yeah. "Go Back Couple," and I was like, "That's not the, that's <laughs> not, not that the one. title." But it was like yeah. stuck in my brain. Yeah. So she was amazing in Familiar Wife. So I think she's a great actress. But the writing is not doing her any favors. She's also giving like Huang Jungum at a particular period I, of her career with the haircut and the clothes and then like the over-the-top acting. <laughs> yeah, literally the whole time I was like, this is a very Huang Jungum. Yes, that's what I thought as well, like exactly in those words. So I think Borma has been waiting to give her Sorry. opinion. <laughs> Borma. 
Um, okay, so can't think of a single good thing about the dawn. <laughs> well, well, can I just say one more thing yeah. while you think then? You know, after Yuna mentioned it, I went and looked it up again. I was like, Imingi, as a detective, I'm in. <laughs> and because the last time I saw him was as a detective. So I thought you can't go wrong with that. And I have to say, I didn't hate his character in this. I just like, he's a character. This is the point is that he's this awful person and then that's funny. I mean, and it kind of is. I think that yeah. if the rest of the drama had been well executed and I had enjoyed mm. all of that, then I would have been like, okay, he's going to have a character arc and he starts yeah. out awful and he's become going to become better. And he probably will. I mean, that's always what happens when like a big city person goes to a small town and acts all condescending mm. and makes all these assumptions about them. And then after 16 episodes, they've moved there permanently. They've fallen in love with a the local. They've learned to appreciate small town life, you know, <laughs> et cetera, et cetera. But like, yeah. I just, I'm like, on top of everything else with him being like that, I'm just like, nope. Nope. Yeah, I do feel like this isn't the Imingi detective drama that I want it to be, mm. for sure. Because, uh, you know, it's not... What was the other one called? Beyond... No. It's not The Lies Within. The Lies Within. That yeah. that was... Yeah. That's that's the detective Well, Imingi that was focused on the murder mystery. This is focused yeah. on the butts. So... Yeah. You know. I think this may turn out to be, like, one of those choices that was not the best. But then again, is it, like, what are its ratings like? Maybe it's popular domestically. Because, you know, that kind of humor works for a lot of people. I don't know, actually. I think the reviews have mostly been mixed. It, this is not mm. the kind of uh, drama that does, like, really well right off the bat. So we'll have to watch and see what happens, like, as the weeks progress, if the storylines become better. The things that you guys pointed out are all valid. Like, no excuse for any of those things. The way I've been looking at, like, the whole butt-touching... <laughs> <laughs> It's for majority of the first episode, of course, she's she had been it, it it was mostly focused on, oh look, she touches the butt of a chicken and can see a scene of domestic abuse happening in front of the chicken, who's just focused on not being fallen on by a large human as he, you know, goes timber. And um <laughs> so it's I mean, it was it's it's the same category of humor as as all poop jokes. Mm. So it I yeah. in my head that's that's because I've just watched the first episode, so I mm. have allowed them a little bit of rope, and let's see where they go with it. I agree, I did not like the bus interaction. That was just—I mean, the moment they were on the bus, I pretty much knew this was where <laughs> it was gonna go. And that's yeah. always bad storytelling, like where you can—the audience has seen something similar or knows that this is how the puzzle pieces are likely to fall together and we've had an icky reaction to it every single time mm -hmm. and you give us that, that's just not... Right. You're just watching it, the beginning of the scene and you're just saying, no, 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 no. The whole scene. Like, that one <laughs> yeah, other, you exactly. just have this feeling of dread and disgust. Like, why do you mm -hmm. want to have that for a, the main character that you want people to root for? The other thing I pretty, will say, much. we were saying earlier that they could have done it like a person's head or something. But the thing is, like, if they want, and I mean, we know from the premise that where this is going eventually, I mean, we didn't mention this, but it's in the synopsis that, like, eventually she's going to become Eamonkey's, like, psychometric Sidekick. helper for, like, you know, solving mysteries. They, 
she is a vet. They could have still kept the power just to animals and it would have helped because you already saw mm. how that might have helped when yeah. you when she touched the chicken butt and she saw this person, you know, getting hurt. Like animals see a lot of things that people do around them knowing that the animals can never tell anyone. So animals know a lot of secrets. So she could have mm-hmm. just, I mean, if they wanted to keep the humorous part, because I think it is humorous, like touching an animal's butt and seeing its past, like because mm. it's an animal's butt and you're not like abusing the animal in any way, they're just cute and you're petting their butt, like whatever. Mm-hmm. You end up touching their butts when you're like holding them and picking them up. And like as a vet, she'd probably touch it, you know, like just when she's treating them, like it's Touches not. lots of butts. Yeah, it's already a lot of butts for her to be touching. <laughs> like, it's a lot of available butts. That, that my is honestly butt. what I signed up for. I I just wanted her to touch a lot of fluffy butts. Exactly. <laughs> that part is fine. It's cute. Like, And also, it's really cute. I mean, maybe we're biased because we love animals, but I thought it was really cute to see, like, the world from an animal's view and her pet's view of her like being all loving towards her them and like waiting for her to come home and you know also like animals live a life that humans don't get to see like all of that would have been enough and it also would have like made her a better assistant to the police if she's not constantly committing crimes like mm. what <laughs> you know like yeah. i just it could have like, worked you didn't, fine you didn't think this one through Mm-mm. this is surprising also because this this writer is also the writer of like you know the light in your eyes mm. all these like rich complex dark dramas really well critically yeah acclaimed. very yeah, yeah. well written ones yeah so I mean, I don't know. Is this the drama where the writer's on holiday or or are, are we meant to expect the drama to sort of get better? I guess we'll just have to wait and see. Literally one episode is out. I'm hoping episodes. it gets better with the director directed my liberation notes. I mean, you, uh, just, yeah. this, is a, this is a really promising pairing, but like... Um, <laughs> I feel like maybe Eminki signed on because of the director and maybe he's having regrets. I don't know. (laughs) Also, this writer, oh, I just just checked and uh, the screenwriter, uh, Inam Gyu, wrote Duty After School, which I watched the first part and that's, it's it's dark, but it's really well written. So I I don't know. I mean, I'm still hoping that the story, um, it's not that I'm still hoping, I entered this recording <laughs> full of hope <laughs> that this can only go up <laughs> so oh. i guess the other thing is that just because people have written a certain way or worked a certain way so far doesn't mean that they can't branch into different types of writing but the but thing is really that's, that's yeah not and i mean this is take choice. this with a grain of salt because this was reported by all k-pop and we know they're not like the best the most ethical in terms of their journalistic mm. standards. Yeah. Um, but I did see an article. I mean, I haven't looked into this deeply, but I did see an article with them like that, saying that there was backlash from Korean netizens, even from the trailer, um, mm. because of the her, like, basically, like, the trailer, I guess, shows her touching men's butts without their consent. And people are like, why are you doing this? Like, this why is really messed up. That? Yeah, exactly. Yeah. So I guess we'll see, now that the drama is out, whether people will continue to have a problem with that and what the ratings look like and what the people will care in terms of the domestic audience. I don't think the problem with a, a premise um, such as butt-touching psychic powers <laughs> is the butt-touching part, but how the story frames such an action. So if you're mm. framing it as, well, it's a woman, so she's harmless and therefore it's okay, then you have the dog by the wrong 
end. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> and I, the mean, butt, I think, you may say. I think, yeah. I don't know if this is a quote from the drama or from the trailer, but basically she says, like, my hand is innocent. And it's like, oh, like, so because we as viewers know that her intentions are pure, it's suddenly okay. But intention is something that you can never know, you know? Mm. And that's what people always say when they're arrested for being perverts and groping people when these like bus gropers and stuff are caught they're always like oh i wasn't i didn't mean anything bad by it i was innocent i didn't do anything uh my hand just went on its own it was crowded it was crowded yeah Yeah, so like but then so she like the real life seriousness of it kind of and i mean they show a little bit of this joking yeah. yeah, and they show a little bit of this in the interrogation scene where he like takes her, he arrests her, and he takes her to the police station, and she's like saying all this stuff that like a typical groper would say, and it's supposed to be funny, but it's not. But it's not. It's just gross. Yeah. It's just gross. It so. is, and uh, at which point you might be like, "So why are you still optimistic?" It's because <laughs> I, I really like contemporary, like even key, and I'm also hoping that they they get this joke out of their system and move on. I, I know it's unlikely, but... I don't know how they can when they've sort of baked it into the premise. It's just... By focusing on the animals and not the humans. Ah, that, that's okay. what I'm hoping. I mean, like, but then, maybe like, they why even have the it. human part is, is my question. Like, I mean, listen, they, this, is not, this is not the other drama. This is not my lovely life where they've actually thought through the psychic yeah. powers. <laughs> though, though... And Saya knows this already. There is a moment in My Lovely Liar, uh, a couple of episodes in, I won't spoil exactly which mm. moment, where they again do exactly the same thing, where a uh. woman does to a man what men typically do to women. Either way, it's a, it's it's a violation <laughs> and it's, yeah. it's kind of awful. And it's, there is an apology, but it isn't well, mm. uh, it isn't like properly addressed. And yeah, hmm. I'll talk about that. I'll talk about that like properly when when we whenever we do a spoiler discussion. I feel like sometimes these lapses come from where the conversation is like domestic. I don't think it's 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 a lapse. I think it's deliberately done. They know that it's seen as problematic when men do it, but mm-hmm. because um, Korean writing, Korean discourse has such a patriarchal gaze on things, they they think they can get away with mm-hmm. cracking the same joke but flipping the gender and therefore they're like well this is not problematic men aren't doing it it's a woman doing it she's harmless men never get sexually abused so yeah mm. the the patriarchal structure never moves that is still in place um sorry sorry i have to, I have to interrupt uh, what i what i was trying to say was that when kdram is trying to address these like quite delicate and nuanced topics of consent and privacy and um you know what is appropriate and inappropriate i feel like as an international viewer we are because we're viewing it from our own situations where perhaps we're in a more um we've had longer to talk about these things so we've come a little further in the conversation whereas i think for example in korea they're still working on figuring a lot of that stuff out and this is why you have so much like you know women even trying to get and for example if they're groped on the bus which happens a lot like even having that acknowledged as a crime these are things that they're still working on I mean it's things we're still working on like upskirting was only like made a criminal offense very recently in like the UK or whatever 
but yeah, the the sometimes I feel like it it's helpful to un, to like for me to situate the fact that where they are in the discussion, they're still like they will go to a point and then you're like, oh, you got so far, and then you, and then what happened? Then it went completely sideways. But maybe that's because like as a society they haven't got to the end of that discussion yet. Not that there is necessarily an end, but like, mm. I, I don't know. Maybe I'm saying this wrong. No, I mean, maybe I understand what you're out. trying to say. Yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> the societal discourse definitely is advanced in some spaces more than others. Um, like sitting in India, I cannot critique Korean societal discourse at all, given where ours um, is right now. Um, actually, pretty similar spaces in some ways. Um, Korea can't really say much about our societal discourse either, <laughs> given where they are right now. Yeah. Um, but individuals, though, in in our countries, we have we have been part of this discourse, just like I have been, because I, you know, larger world, internet, mm. friends in other countries. I, I think also, and, like, just because the mainstream hasn't gotten to a certain point, that doesn't mean that groups mm. within the society haven't maybe been saying something for, like, 30 years. It's just that nobody has listened to them and they haven't been given correct. the space to, like, influence mainstream culture and the legal system. <laughs> and You know, like, yeah. all of that takes a really long time. And, yeah. yeah, in South Korea, feminism is such a dirty word um, and it has such strong backlash that I mean, but that does that's not to and I know you weren't saying this, Saya, but just to clarify, like that's not to say that people in that society haven't been talking about this and having those conversations, but it doesn't necessarily mean that those haven't like mm. percolated up to a place where they've right. been able to like I mean it does it, it does differ from drama to drama as well, because you know, K dramas are not a monolith either. So like that's why you can have those dramas that are very, very nuanced and yeah, you can. Well, I mean, you know, like the society, right? People are having different yeah. conversations in different spaces, and I think probably different productions have more or less room for nuanced depictions of women mm. and relationships and men, and others probably don't have that much space, depending yeah. on like who's making it, who's paying for it, um, mm. what kind of story they're interested in telling, yeah, all of that stuff. And it remains to be seen where this drama goes, I guess. Yeah. We're only one episode in. <laughs> yeah, exactly. So Pop the butts. Okay, okay poor Mike. So your we'll homework, since you're planning to watch this, is to report back to us and tell us if it gets better. Panjum, <laughs> 혹시 우리 어디서 본적 있나요? 네. 혹시 전생을 믿으세요? 난 전생을 믿어. 난 믿어. 왜냐하면 난 전생을 기억하거든. Okay, so next, um, just to let you know, Saya had to step out for a bit, but she's going to be back for the final drama that we talk about in this episode. But in the meantime, Borma, I really wanted to talk to you about See You in My 19th Life because I know you just finished it. I am like in the beginning of episode seven and like really struggling to continue. So and I know that we were very positive about it in the beginning. I had only seen like two episodes at that time. And I'm regretting a lot of the things I said, or like I've changed my mind. Let's just put it that way. So what are your like sort of overall thoughts? Or do you want me to say what I think and then give your overall thoughts? What do you think? Mm. Okay, so 
I'll briefly uh, tell you where my mind was at when we last spoke about this. Mm-hmm. I was quite happy with how the webtoon was being adapted. I had read the entire webtoon. I had loved it. And I really wanted them to be faithful to the webtoon because it had this quirky, sort of unknowable vibe around the main female character, who's uh, Banjim, who's played by um, Shinesan here. That's hard to recreate unless the energy of the webtoon is pretty low. <laughs> like, it, it's super chill. <laughs> Conflicts are sh- these slow-moving tectonic forces rather than, like, an explosion here or, like, something falling off a building. It's, like, it's not urgent at all. And that's the kind of mood that I initially thought to you in uh, my 19th life was going for in its drama adaptation, which I was enjoying. Around the same time as when you are right now, after about the first six episodes, I found the drama was clearly dealing, revealing some stuff that they wanted to keep for um, the climax of the story. And the webtoon had not had those things as its climax. So I started feeling negatively <laughs> towards the, this adaptation choice. Hmm. That, that's like just the part of my brain that was clocking the differences and the similarities, which it was to a certain extent. But also the fact that I think I spoke about this last time to you, but how I felt like Shinhee-san wasn't being allowed to like be her fully expressive self mm. um, to the point where Yoon Chon, who's a splendid actress, ended up having like the most expressive moments. But that's it. Like she didn't have enough scenes to like make up for how lacking in emotional punch um, the rest of the performances were. And that was entirely due to the script and how these characters were made to react to each other and speak. And I, I hate saying this, but it turns out that An Bo-hyun was actually a really bad choice for Moon Soha. Let's talk about An Bo-hyun for a second, shall we? Because I feel like his character is kind of the root of all of my problems with this drama. So, I mean, obviously I didn't see the webtoon, so I don't know how this differs from the webtoon. Maybe we can get into that a little later if if you're like do you want to do spoilers let's keep that option for for a little later but now right now we are in the non-spoiler part if we do spoilers we will give you ample warning and yes. plus it's going to be in the time codes yeah so without going into any spoilers even for what i've seen which is like six episodes in like 10 minutes or something i really think that this setup of you know, and I mean, everyone knows the premise, right? So that's not a spoiler of like, she, you know, she loved him in a previous life. She died kind of in front of him. Now she's back. But because she had to be reincarnated in order to reunite with him, she's much younger than he is. But she found her way back to him. And they're they're now together, like they're in each other's orbit again because of her efforts. And like, I just don't buy that this guy is someone that she would, like, be this attached to, to the point that she would come back in her next life and seek him out and, like, make her whole life revolve around making him happy. I just don't understand. Like, as a kid, he was kind of boring and he was just a brat. Like, what what was there? I don't really understand their childhood connection. 
like fine there were playmates that they knew they knew each other briefly like okay i don't really care and then like also why is this 35 year old man still hung up on this like 13 year old girl that he knew 26 years ago and he's still okay maybe you still have some trauma left over from the accident but like why is he still so obsessed with this young girl that he knew briefly for a short amount of I just I don't really understand their connection and I think like I agree with you An Bohyun as much as I have loved him in the past he really doesn't have the talent to make this like blank slate of a character interesting which like is a really hard job to do right but you need like you need an actor who's who's able to like have the micro expressions to be able to show that like he's feeling something deeply on the inside Obviously, the writing is not helping him because he's written to be a very boring and flat character as well. There's nothing interesting about him. He's just a body in a suit that is like a placeholder for all of her feelings about like what she lost, I guess. I don't know. It's just not working for me at all. And he's not working for me in this character. I don't care about him. I don't have any feelings towards him. Whenever he comes on screen, I'm bored. And like, I'm so sad to be saying that about Anbuhan because... Y'all know how much I like him. He's every single role I've seen him in, whether it was like a bit part or a major role, I loved him. Not only did I love him, I was like evangelizing for him. And now I'm just like, no, and I'm like so disappointed because I was really excited for this pairing. But also like the way she acts towards him is so mystifying. Like she's kind of like a stalker. She's kind of just a weirdo. Like I don't understand why he likes her. I don't know. It's just very, it's, there are so many reasons that their romance doesn't work for me. Like, the things that I like about the show is her relationship with her sister. It's my favorite thing. And this is like her sister from a previous life. Those interactions, the feelings that she has towards her mother from her previous life. There's a really powerful scene about that. That stuff works really well for me. Oh, her niece from another life. Love all of that stuff. But everything else... I don't know. It's like slow and boring and also infuriating at the same time. And I'm just so like over it. And I guess I want to ask you, like, is it worth finishing the drama, Burma? Nah. Okay. <laughs> okay, thanks. You saved me six hours. So sad. <laughs> that is really sad. But if I if I tell you to even watch a couple of more episodes just for a sweet moment here and a nice scene there, you'll eventually reach a point where the unraveling starts to happen and at that point no matter where you stop you're going to be disappointed because there's no way you can look away that's such a shame i thought this story had such great potential when adapted to screen because there are so many things you could do that you can't really do in a webtoon or that you can improve on like once the source material you know in the webtoon has been created for instance, when they gave those in, in the initial episodes, they gave, they sprinkled scenes from her, you know, rich past lives. Like she's lived 18 lives before this. A lot of them in many um, grand roles, uh, in, in many grand tragedies, many minor um, normal tragedies. And it just, she's had lives. Yeah. <laughs> just the concept of it is, is so awe-inspiring like to have a single human mind and body remember memories of all of those lives hundreds of years of lives 
and with all of the social structures of each of the lives and all of the relationships she's made and over time the cynicism and the and the ennui that builds up in such a person we can all imagine that and so the life that we first met her in where she's this 12 year old kid was the one where she didn't really like she had no expectations she she finally was born in a life that was comfortable she was born to a rich family to loving parents and she was like oh okay so finally i get to live the life of comfort and but she had no deep feelings um at this point and even as a child as soon as she regained her memories of her past lives she was too much of an adult she'd seen everything she just there there was no thrill for her so the premise of the story was that this little boy made her feel like a child again she hadn't really felt like a child in a very long time and by that i'm assuming even in her past life she'd never had the opportunity to truly be a child but uh, moonsoa allowed her to be a child which is why her affection for this little boy was so great the webtoon never really made it into a romantic affection something that the drama did and i wish dramas wouldn't do that um you know the other thing is like i feel like the the actress that they chose to play that previous version of her naksoi yeah oh the the 12 year old um kimshia yeah the one from the previous life not her younger yeah. version in this life who i think was incredible but incredible, but yeah. that actress who's playing yeah juan juan yeah kimshia that did not work for me and i think like that was part of what i found unbelievable about him remembering her so fondly is that like she barely made an impression as a person and as a character and i wonder if part of that is i don't know if they could get beyond the writing but i wonder if part of that is like if they had picked an actress who was and i mean i always feel weird criticizing like a child actress performance i don't really want to do that but i'm just wondering if like they had chosen someone who was like a little bit more charismatic and who had like more of an impact as an actor maybe it would have been a little bit more believable that he held on to this person for such a long time even as an adult man i don't know it's it's weird i don't know just a thought since you mentioned um like that previous life that she had but the reason you have such hard such a hard time believing that he would hold on to her memories for so long is also because they just wouldn't stop emphasizing how she was his first love when he was like i don't know a 9 year old right it's, it's so weird and unnecessary very unnecessary especially because there is sufficient reason for him to remember this girl who was kind to him when his mother was ill and was his only companion to care of him um like after his mother passed away he had an estranged relationship with his father she was the only one who was you know comforting him and then she died horribly in front of him like ample things to remember her by but that's not what the drama was focusing on the drama kept harping on how she, oh she was his first love yeah that and also then because she was his quote unquote first love there's a scene okay maybe this is a mild spoiler but there's a scene where he's talking to his her younger sister um mm, chon yeah and he and, and chon is basically like you need to like move on um you know i know that like we deal with things differently and i know that you're the one that's suffering the most from this and i was like what you 
What drama writers? He is suffering more than her own family? Why would you put that line in her sister's mouth? I was so angry about that. I think what she meant was because he was in the accident, the trauma affected him. But like the way it was framed in that conversation was as if him, he was feeling the loss of this girl more than like her sister and her parents, which is so upsetting to I me. I agree with you. It, that that line that line hit me wrong too. And then I rationalized it just like you. I was like, oh, so she meant that, but she was a pretty much a toddler at that point, and he was in the crash. So you know, the trauma is greater for him, where she's been able to slightly forget her sister by this time. But why would I have to think so many? You know, why would I have to? Why do we think have to? Through? Yeah, exactly, exactly. Yeah, <sighs> so it's like jumping through hoops so as not to take the very obvious bad interpretation so that that was their childhood stuff but like i i think the space where i had most trouble was in the fact that shinhe san seemed not to have chemistry with anboyon which mm. seemed impossible to me oh you know who would have been an excellent monsoa who was the actor who was with her in still 17 Wan Jin something one no what's his name oh his name was Wu Jin in the drama but yeah Yang Sejong uh, yeah he hasn't really been in anything recently I think he would have done just he had that chill vibe to begin with like where he is he's in his 30s at this point and he's been hurt by the world like initially I was like Anbhoyan is doing it pretty well but it's it's just that if anything, it gets worse as the drama progresses. Like, his performance gets worse. <laughs> I don't understand how you do that. I don't know. I, I think it's just that he's not used to being this very passive character. Yeah. Because Moon Soya's character is not the active one in the story. No. It's, it's always been Ban Ji-yum's character who's, like, the one who's acting on stuff. Even when Moon Soya is investigating that accident that happened when he was a child... He's following breadcrumbs that are very obviously laid out. This is not like real detective work. Yeah, and then like a lot of this stuff that like he didn't know about the accident was so incredibly unbelievable to me. Like, come on. I know you, I know you know what I'm talking about, but I don't want to spoil it. But I think also like you need, you're right. On Bohyan's previous act, uh, um, acting outings have been a lot more active. In this role, you need someone more like Jo Sung-woo who can like, express 10 things without even like saying a word or even I'm I mean I'm like surprised that I'm saying this but uh Yuyun Suk who was most recently in the interest of love he's actually really good at subtle acting with his face when he doesn't have a lot to say which like I didn't expect that of him I was very impressed agreed someone like that you know uh, unfortunately I guess Anboyan just doesn't he hasn't developed that yet or he doesn't have it and the writing doesn't do him any favors, to be honest. But also the directing. See, there are so many things that I found just slightly off with the production of this thing. I, I was complaining about this the music. in the middle of the drama. Sorry, you're, this is the worst music direction I have ever seen in a drama in my life. It was discordant. Like the, the sound design was just, it, it was like this, this, this music does not suit this Com mood. What are you doing? Completely off. Like it would just completely ruin a scene that would otherwise have been okay. And then you have this like, yeah, totally discordant music that is like this like frenetic energy that completely kills any vibe that the drama had started to have. 
so bad oh my god this drama has one nice song that's played to death that's it everything else the sound design doesn't match the main theme song like also it's not even just the sound design the editing was odd the editing okay? is really weird yes including certain finer things like the the airbrushing they do on like uh, on the faces of the main characters I don't know if I've ranted about this before. Oh, yes. And like, this this is the first drama where I was like actively noticing it because it was right after our conversation. And I had also had the same conversation with my sister, too, where she was like, yeah, they've been doing this for years. Did you never notice it? And then like, so this was the drama where I was noticing it. So I don't know if it was just like really obvious to me because I just found out. It was really badly done. Mm. And especially because they seem to do it excessively on Shinhei-san. Maybe because they were trying to make her look like much younger because she's supposed to be in her early 20s. She's 24 years old. She's allowed to have a couple of wrinkles. Come on. But they were like, oh my God, no, not a single pore should be visible. And her face was blurred to a stupid degree. There is this one scene where she's crying. You can see that tear tracks down her real skin while the the, the blurring is happening around it. It Oh, God. I was appalled. Okay, just absolutely appalled. I how 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 did this ever? You can clearly see where the like priorities of like where they're spending more time at the end at the expense but the of what. The worst part was the cinematography was actually beautiful. Whoever had was handling the yeah, um, camera, was. gorgeous. Okay, including the shots they had of people whose whose skin weren't blurred, as in uh, Chowon and, for instance, um, ha- Hadoyon. Their uh, skins weren't blurred, and Cho and Oh my God, Yun Chon, which is the actress Ha Yun Kyung, the camera when they held onto her face with the color correction, just like it, she looked so gorgeous with her pores visible, like you. That's texture. It adds to just the yeah, the, like the we beauty want, of a face. We want a real person. That's how you relate to someone. Is that they look and feel like a real person and not I mean, like listen, a robot with. Even from a superficial point of view, I'm telling you, she looked prettier without the blurring on. How could you, like, how could you ruin Shinhei-san's face? I don't know. Anyway, um, that's that's, that's just like uh, the tip of the iceberg when it comes to the editing. The scenes were oddly put together. Some, like, scenes that would have made more of an impact came too early in the episode. And it's just the even the way the writing was done. Now, mind you, this was I would say it was a medium length webtoon. It wasn't too short, but it did like I think she took an entire year to uh, write it. So they packed all of that stuff into 12 episodes. So there was ample that they just did not go over, which is fine. But there were moments that they could have put in the drama that would have had more of an impact. Instead, they cut those out, but kept really passive moments in. It's surprising to me that you say that they cut so much, or like, it's surprising that they cut so much stuff out because the drama, okay, it was 12 episodes, but it wasn't paced like a 12 episode drama. It was so slow. I was having trouble, like I was watching it on TV um, and I was like, I need to watch this on my laptop because at least then I can like increase the speed on Netflix, which you can't do on your TV because nothing was happening. It was so draggy. And I was like, and so now that you're saying there's a lot more that they could have put in, like, why not put that in? Like, your story is so boring. 
at least something hap- would happen and then you would be like at least engaged and trying to find out what's going to happen next. So something that I had really enjoyed in the webtoon and started enjoying a lot in um, the drama was uh, Yoon Cho-yoon and Ha Do-yoon's uh, relationship, right? Like the background secondary romance. They were so cute together, especially initially. And like they had a real problem, like as in both of them knew that they liked each other. But Hadoyun, coming from you know a, a working class background, he had been um, around Gunsua, who's his friend but also his boss, long enough that he knew that his social circle, as in Munsua's social circle, perceived him as a bit of a leech. Like you're just hanging on to your rich friend. Uh, just he didn't want to be part of that social circle. And he and knew if he got together with her, how he would be treated if he was exactly. in that relationship. Yeah, yeah. And it's not like he could have just like plucked her out of that social circle, he would have inevitably had to be at least somewhat a part of it. And it's a real world problem, okay? So that had a lot of potential that they could have gone into, especially in the drama. They just didn't. They didn't. They were like, it can't happen, it can't happen, it can't happen. And then like... It just happened? The resolution was just, it it just happened. Uh. Yeah. I just, there are, I'm just telling you, they, they had so many things that they could have done so much with, and then they didn't. And I was like, why did you bother to adapt this into a drama? Why? I, this is like I'm reading a Wikipedia summary. So are there any, I mean, we should probably start wrapping our conversation about this show up, but like, are there any things that you want to kind of give us like your final thoughts do you want to go into spoilers or are you okay i want to go into spoilers because i want to tell you guys this one thing that i found so hilarious in the webtoon and i was so bummed out that they didn't go that way um well there were many things but like okay so let's do spoilers for the ending starting now starting now And, and you can skip to the next section uh by going to the time codes below so 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 Hadoyun, whose secretary come bestie to the main lead, Monsoha, he was Banjiyum's twin sister <laughs> in her past life. What? <laughs> yeah. No, but that's in the web too, which I love. Sorry, in his he, past life, he was her twin sister? In, in both of their past life, obviously. So, yeah, okay. <laughs> okay, that's actually kind of great. So Hadoyun, the grumpy... Slightly distrusting um, assistant to Soha uh, was Banjium's twin sister in her past life. And his love interest, Yoon Chon, <laughs> was Banjium's sister in her immediate past life. The webtoon acknowledges how bizarre this is. And they have fun with it. It's cute. Uh-huh. The drama never had that potential to begin with. So they just made Yuncho and Banjium's sister in her first life, first of the 19 she lives. Like they were just sisters again. Oh. A thousand years back. Because making, you know, Don her sister would have been too much for the drama. That's like too much gender bending. So he is not. So in the drama, they don't even bring this up. Then him being her they sister in past it, life. It just it just never happened. Um, Shin Hee Sun is the only one who who can possibly gender bend convincingly. Nobody else can. Apparently, I don't know. Manhoods would just die. <laughs> um, 
Are there any other, like, I don't mind hearing spoilers. Are there any other, like, plot ending spoilers that you want to talk about since we're in spoiler territory anyway? There are a few, but honestly, I would just tell you to, like, go and read the webtoon. The one thing I would say about the absolute ending, if you're listening to spoilers, listen on anyway. A slow but sure um, conflict that uh, sort of became gradually a big thing in uh, Banjum's life is the fact that she'd been carrying around the weight of so many lives, right? In her mind, just stories, the feelings, all of that. It's something that she had gotten used to, the burden of, but it was something that was really heavy to carry around. But also, she didn't know when this cycle would break. Like, when could she stop reincarnating because she was tired? And so she finds out a way Mm-hmm. And in the webtoon, I will tell you what the cost of that is. All she has to do is like a certain something. And then she loses all her memories of her past lives. However, she still knows that she had lived past lives. She theoretically knows what had happened. Like it, it all feels like stories that has been told to her versus lived experience mm. sitting in her heart, taking up space in her brain. You know what I mean? So it's not like she has amnesia. It's just that she can't access those memories as if they happen to her anymore. Exactly. But guess what route the drama chooses? Amnesia. Correct. And not only of the past 18 years, she forgets everybody in her 19th life too. Like all the people of her past lives that she had sought out and built relationships with, including her mother figure. The woman she had grown up with for like 14 years. Okay, yeah, I'm definitely not watching this. <laughs> I'm just, I know, I'm so sorry. I, I, I kind of feel like, um, I, why am I apologizing? I didn't decide on that. No, I um, mean, I, I, I think but... I need to thank you for sharing, for doing the work, sharing the information with us. I, I hope uh, if you guys were planning on actually watching the whole thing, um, that you didn't listen to the spoiler. But if you did... Let me know if you guys were convinced by the drama's argument that she could still be the same person despite having no memories of her past lives or of all of the things she did in this life to grow up to be the person she is. She ends up, like, she loses her memories, but she is, like, a snap of a finger. We don't know how much time passes, but she is doing the job she was at the beginning of the drama, as in, like, when she grew up into Banjium. No explanation. What was her life like? Who did she grow up with? What is her memory? Because everybody else remembers the real timeline, so Mm. to speak. There was no alternate reality happening. She just lost her memory. Time didn't change. So that's so lazy. It's it's so and and then of course the people who love her come to her to rebuild relationships. And the drama is basically telling us that she'll just everything will go back to normal. She'll rebuild all her loving relationships. Because they will not leave her alone, so to speak, in the most loving way and not the... I hate that so much. Why is it that dramas think that we don't need our memories to be who we are? Why is it? This has happened multiple times. I hate it so much. Could you please stop? Yeah. Okay, end of spoiler. (laughs) (laughs) All right. So those were our thoughts on See You in My 19th Life. Porma recommends they don't finish it. So, 
Well, let's talk very briefly about a drama that's been out for a while, but I know um, you and I both watched it, so we thought we'd just like chat for a short amount of time about it. This is um, Divorce Attorney Shin. It's basically about Jo Sung-woo, who's a lawyer. He's a divorce lawyer. Um, we don't know much about his past when we start the drama. We just know that he left like a very great career as a professor of music in Germany, and he came to Korea, became a lawyer, and now he runs this like Gatia little law office um, in Seoul and he helps people with their divorces. And it's a little bit case of the week, but then there's also like a longer, larger story of like his about his past and him coming to terms with his past, why he became a lawyer. Um, he has two best friends that he spends a lot of time with. They're just like these like three single dudes in their 40s. And I love them. I feel like if we were three single dudes in our 40s who lived in the same city, this would be us, maybe minus the alcohol, but like everything else, I could see us doing this. Me, you, and Saya. There is a line in the My Drama List um, uh, uh, summary, which, I, which is pretty much from the drama. And it's, um, it says he finds solace in the company of his two closest friends, Jang Hyun-hyun and Jo Jang-shik, who are fellow 40-year-old youths. Which is perfect. Yes, That's exactly. Exactly. That's exactly who they are. <laughs> and not in like an annoying, gross way of like these, you know, pl- 40 plus dudes who never grew children. up. They're not man children. They're not man children. They're just so young at heart and they love each other so sincerely. And it's just like their friendship is so lovely. I think that was my favorite part of the drama. I wouldn't say that the cases of the week were particularly interesting Mm-mm. to me. Um, there were quite a few hits and misses. I did love the sensitivity and honestness with which he uh honestness is that honesty honesty yeah sorry the sensitivity and the honesty with which he approached each case and the reasons that he had for taking those on but i was never really like none of the cases really caught me so i was watching it just because of uh Wu basically, and his voice. Yeah, and, like, you you start out with Han Heijin as his first, like, she's the first case of his that you kind of get into, and it seems like mm. she's kind of going to be the heroine, but it doesn't... I mean, her character is very much in the, in the side, you know? Like, she doesn't have a lot to do. Her... The case that he takes on for her is almost, like, it's a character moment for him because it's, like, why would you take this case? Oh, well, the reason is because of his history which you find out, you know, later. So she doesn't have much to do, which is kind of a shame because I love Han Hae-jin and I haven't seen her in a while. So I was really excited to see her. There's also this weird through line in the entire drama, which like, I don't know if this is like the stance that the drama is taking. No one is, I don't know if you noticed this format. No one is ever faithful to their partner. There are so many unfaithful (laughs) wives and husbands i was just like is there any like happy marriage like no one who's married i i actually like went through and counted and i couldn't find anyone who was happily married and their partner wasn't cheating on them or they weren't cheating on their partner which is like very weird i mean i understand having a couple because he's a divorce attorney but it wasn't even just his clients there were like so many other people in the drama that were just like adultery here and there so i mean i don't know if the drama is trying to say that like no one ever stays faithful to their marriage which is like i don't know i don't think i'm on board with that message personally um i think that's just a weird I thing that the I drama definitely had a had a pretty cynical take on marriages they yeah. were like friendships over marriages any day mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. <laughs> on the one hand it it looked at um 
it didn't look at infidelity as um, how do I it, it wasn't like a, a weapon of shaming um, so to speak or like of tearing down characters um, but they did seem to have like a general um, well it was I, like I yeah know, it was like this weird of, attitude of almost like oh like infidelity is inevitable so you might as well just yeah, accept like, that that and I'm like not really yeah, okay I'm, with that I, I didn't I didn't like that personally I didn't like that either, especially because, as you said, it went beyond uh, just the, you know, just his cases, because a lot of divorce lawyers um, do have a very cynical view of marriages because naturally it makes sense. Right. Yeah. Yeah. Um, like really cynical. Views. I, I remember watching this interview of a divorce lawyer. Um, this was a couple of years back. And uh, there was some other case, like a big uh, celebrity case uh, that was happening. And then this person was invited on to uh, for an interview. And they were like, if you if you had my job, <laughs> you would you would just see every marriage and like mm. you would just assume the worst of every couple. That's it's sadly. Right. That's, I mean, it's that's uh, what do you call that? Point. Like um, occupational disease kind of yeah occupational hazard which is yeah that would be totally understandable if he was the one with that perspective he wasn't though but he wasn't he 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 seemed to like face everything with like tell me i will accept you know the situation as it is without like burdening it with my prejudice but but the show itself seemed to have like inbuilt prejudice yeah that was the weird thing it was like it would be understandable if he was the one that was like oh yeah all marriages fail because he only ever sees marriages that fail and he's not married himself so it's not like he has like a reference of a happy marriage to fall back on I don't think he has any happy marriages in his life, actually. But the drama is like, oh, yeah, this divorce lawyer takes every case on its own merits and doesn't judge. Um, But, you know, really, in real life, everyone cheats on their partner. And eventually you're just going to get divorced. Because marriage is... Exactly. So, (laughs) yeah. Yeah. Yeah, I think those are my main thoughts. It was an enjoyable watch. I I liked how... um, Jo Sung-woo was, like, leaning into his weirdness. And I always love when he leans into his weirdness because he's so good and charming and like funny when he does that he, he he's goofy and sweet and he yeah. was clearly having a lot of fun which made watching his character a lot of fun 100 so. percent agree it's 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 one of those things that works for certain actors like nam Hung min for instance i watch a lot of his shows at least to a certain extent because of how he seems to enjoy playing certain parts and not really because the show is so great right you can tell when the actor is really having a good time it just makes the vibe of the whole show better. Oh, and his um, his relationship with his nephew was really lovely. Mm, so sweet. That was really lovely. nice. Yeah. That's really all I had to say. <laughs> yeah, me too. I have nothing to add. <laughs> yeah. It's a nice, short, kind of not too intense drama. Nice, like, easy watch. So I would recommend it. Okay. Well... We're going to get back to our um, scheduled programming with Saya. So let's switch back over to that now. So the last drama we're going to talk about is Little Women, which everyone has already watched except me, but I just finished it. And 
I, I told you guys that I have things to say about it, but I really kind of don't. I just want to say it was so good. Mm. And like everything about it was so good. The cinematography, the writing, the characters, the acting. Every episode was a different genre. And I found that like really genius. This is like it's a it's like a writer's drama as well. Right? Yeah, it is. It's and like high quality prestige TV, but not in like the sort of pejorative way that people have started yeah. saying that, but like actually legitimately <laughs> like very high quality prestige TV. Yeah. Okay, that's all. That's all? <laughs> <laughs> no, I'm okay. I mean, I just wanted to talk to you guys about, do you know what the drama it made me think of the most was Beyond Evil? I think like mm. the comparison, like the these are, you know, like like dramas. So if you like Little Women, you should try Beyond Evil if you haven't already watched it. Like, there's this point where I was watching and I was like, oh, this is like, you know, that drama, A uh, Woman of 9.9 Billion One something. Mm. I can't remember the title of the yeah, drama. Yeah. There's a portion of the drama that's like that. Then there's the portion that's like a murder mystery. Then there's a portion that's like a psychological thriller. Then you have all of these unreliable narrators and like everybody's an unreliable narrator. It was just really good. And... The characters are the women, so well women, drawn. Yes, yes, yes. Yeah. yeah. I didn't realize how long it's been. Like, I'm one of those people who who doesn't notice if I haven't been watching women until I watch a lot of women. I'm like, ah, all the women. <laughs> and because the characters, they change so much. Uh, as in, they go through a lot and they get a lot of development, but they also don't fundamentally change who they mm-hmm. are. You just get to know them better and yes. Yeah. And the way that the drama reveals information about people slowly over time is just like mm. masterclass. Yeah. And like Omji Won's character, which was just like nuts. That was really like as a the experience of watching it, like what you go through as a viewer was really intense in a kind of thrilling not quite dark, but almost like, like it, it goes to really dark places, but you don't ever feel like overwhelmed by the darkness. Yeah. It's not like gloomy or depressing. It's mm. kind of, it's just thrilling. It's dark yeah. in like a more thrilling and intense way. Like every time I finished an episode, I was just like, <gasps> <laughs> yeah, right. Yeah. I mean, I couldn't watch them back to back because um, it was it's a exhausting. lot. Yeah, yeah. definitely. Yeah, it definitely. It was fun to watch as it was airing for that reason. Because, like, it was two episodes and then you're like, okay, I'm good (laughs) for another week. Like, I'm good to wait. (laughs) I need some time to process that. Yeah. Yeah. And, like, digest it all. And, like, if you asked me what the drama was about, I can't actually tell you. Like, I would have started by saying, oh, this drama is about, you know, three sisters. And uh, I'd have to stop there. Like, what what else can you say after that? I mean, it's about... So many things, right? Like the power yeah. of money to change money, you, yeah. the, the the hold that, you know, poverty has on you, the way that rich mm. people and poor people interact with money differently, the way yeah. that like how that interacts with like your identity and your self-worth and what is justified in a world where like the power and the money is so imbalanced in favor of some people, like is a crime still really a crime? Like when the injustice mm. is so bad and it's and the and the people that you're up against are so evil, like I mean it's it's very it's very interesting. Yeah. 
and like the villain shift as well like the way like it, it it's not a drama that has like a clear it has clear protagonists and it has clear antagonists but like there's not a single big bad in the way of a traditional and you know, no thriller. one is truly innocent exactly no one is truly innocent and what yeah. i really loved now that you're talking about it a lot of it is coming back to me so um oh my gosh i can't remember the what's the name of the actor the the main actress kim goen kim goen yes i loved kim goen's actress uh, um performance and her character because so often in these types of dramas where like you know it's like a regular person who stumbles across something really crazy and then like their whole life changes kind of like you know like the pelican brief or something like that which i know that's like a deep cut from the 90s if anyone has seen that movie or read that book but like their whole life changes and they have to do all this crazy stuff and they can't tell anyone about it so like a lot of times it doesn't succeed because the character is doing stuff and you're like just no longer on board you're like why would you do that no and like but she's also not perfect. Like, she makes a lot of mistakes, but they're, like, mistakes that you can understand why she would make them. And they're very human. And so you're always rooting for her, even though you're like, oh, no. Like, but you know why she did that. And, like, it's because of who she is as a person. And it makes so much sense. So she's, like, mm. flawed, but still you can root for her at the same time. Which I feel mm. like is a really hard needle to thread. Yeah. Like, she goes far, but then she always pulls back at the last moment before you kind of lose faith in her. Yes, exactly, exactly. She never and loses And Nam ji does the same. Mm, yeah. yeah. Even, like, all three of the sisters, they, they do that. Like, they they will, like, imagine if they're on elastic and they will go as, they'll stretch it really, really tense so until I will you're say, on the brink of letting them go. Kim go never lost me. Nam ji took me a while to warm up to her, but once I did, I did. The youngest sister, I don't know. It's, it was really like I had a hard time with her. I kind of was okay with her by the end, but it yeah, really, that was it. It was a journey, and also if you consider the fact that she's a kid, um, literally the only reason of, I was continuing to give her grace. My mom was just yeah, like, I hate yeah. her. I hate her. She's the worst. I was like, just I hate her. That. My mom was like, no. I had that. <laughs> yeah, I, I don't think the TV show is too I I just I didn't like her. I was fine by the ending because she made the right choices, but that right. that was that but was that was fun. literally the only reason. Throughout, I just disliked her. I do want to say one thing that I didn't bring up before. I don't think I don't think I talked about this in the year end yak last year, but I have kind of. I know a lot of people were like, oh, this isn't a Little Women adaptation. Like, why not just make a separate drama? Why did it have to be Little Women? This is so weird. Um, but now that it's been a while i mean i never really had that issue i was like whatever it's a different take um but now i'm thinking about it i feel like having that story in the back of your mind as you go into this story and like thinking of that story it adds like a layer of enjoyment to this story I and i can't like I agree. exactly explain what it is but it i think what it does is like it gives you a lot of the sort of unspoken emotional tensions of the family mm. um yeah. because you before you even really get to know them like you kind of have that scaffolding i guess like emotional scaffolding yeah. as for the characters and so even though like the way things work out a like it's far in the future right if of like mm. the ages that they were in the book or the the, the the adaptations that we've seen um but you know like beth's already dead they have like this picture mm -hmm. of her dad's not in the picture 
or no, he is. I mean, the parents are kind of doing their own thing. Um, Joe and Lori have already like broken up and moved on. He's obviously still in love with her, but like you have all that backstory, and like even if it's not exactly the same, you kind you know like Hermione. The what's her name? Meg is Kim Gunn yes. supposed to be Meg? She is right. Is she? This is she's, I couldn't figure Meg out to the end of the drama. Meg and Beth. That that's what I got. Out of I don't think so because she's Beth, not Amy. But no, Amy doesn't exist in this story. No, Amy is Amy is Ine, the artist. Amy. Oh yeah, yeah. Sorry, Amy she's is Ine. Amy is the youngest. Yeah, Beth is the dead one. Beth is the dead I, one. I mean, as in the dead baby. But, but no. But Beth. what I think. But I think the two older sisters. I just I I couldn't figure out which was. Oh no no no! Joe and Meg. Namjian is definitely Joe because she has this rich boy who's loved her her whole life (laughs) that she's not interested in him, but they're like besties. She's a writer. Um, she's disappointed with the world, which you know, very Joe. And then like uh, Meg, but she's also not the main character. She's not the main character, which is fascinating. Which I thought was a really interesting. And Kim Gun, I think, is a Meg. Through and through, actually, because she is like Thank a you. Meg who got married to a guy that she thought would help her family. Oh, I forgot. But he about turned that. out to be a con artist. So now yeah. she's like a very disillusioned and bitter version of Meg, but who still kind of has that tendency to like trust people, which is why she kind of makes some of the mistakes that she makes. Like she mm. is trusting. I don't think that she's Beth. I think Beth is still Beth. Like the so youngest it's, baby it's, is it's still. A, it's a, yeah, but like you know how they take personalities and then yeah, okay, so that's a that's a good point. I guess her trusting nature was what I saw Beth in mostly, but yeah, but like, Meg also had a trusting nature, right? I kind of saw Meg as a bit more passive, whereas I, I didn't see her. Didn't, I didn't see her as passive. I always saw Meg as somebody who just accepted the world as it was and chose to, you know, hmm. entrust. Yeah, I guess that's her slightly trust. different than yeah, being trusting, but it's yeah. like... I mean, I see her as a Jane Bennett kind of character. Yeah. No, but you, you know what I... Uh, the the thing is, while I was watching the drama, and people were like, this is not an adaptation. It is an adaptation. It's basically mm-hmm. them reading Little Women, situated in ye old West, kind of, <laughs> historical <Yeah. laughs> Americas. And then they decided, hey, what if this story somewhat happened in modern day Korea in a mm. you know lower middle class family the parents would just be all over the place um the sisters would be desperate to survive they would all have their own desires and they had the rich aunt yeah they have all of the parts but everything is yeah. not working the same way because the societal yeah. structure is completely different so i thought it was a great adaptation i think i, well, yes, I think when was. people yeah. hear the word adaptation they're looking for something that's very straightforwardly and literally an adaptation Faithful. yeah and i agreed. think that's kind of this the genius kind of, of this show so you know i'm gonna tell you something that i've been seeing in fan fiction lately which is a few so people will say like this isn't a crossover it's a fusion and what they mean is like they've taken some elements from another um story and they've like fused those and so they've set whatever story they're writing a fanfic for they've set that like in sort of like with those elements that they've taken but it has nothing to do with that story and the only thing that they've taken is those elements to kind of set up the plot or the characters or the premise and Mm -hmm. i feel like this feels a little bit more similar to that or is it maybe between that and adaptation? I don't know. Maybe. But anyway, yeah. I just wanted to bring up that, like, I do like that it's... I don't think that it would have been the same drama if it had just been, like, a completely unrelated to Little Women. It hadn't, you know, taken any inspiration from that. I think it really works. Mm. But it's also... 
possible to watch it as a standalone? Yeah, absolutely. It's oh, yeah. for sure. As a With like a lot of richness. But for us, identifying those little familiar mm. bits was also part of part the of the excitement. Exactly. Yeah. Yeah. Yeah, yeah, it's true. It added so much. When the Beth character came up, I was like, "Oh, Beth." <laughs> So that was Little Women and that was um, The Long Yak. But before we run off, I just quickly want to uh, thank these two for getting me to watch uh, Fruits Basket, finally. I didn't watch. I didn't watch the original one. I watched the 2019 one, and I loved it. It's so good, and even the music was so good. The art was so good. The emotions were so good. I was just so Did happy you with of all. It? Yeah, I in, oh, in like you know, I haven't yet. I still <laughs> need to watch. I still need I to watch season three. It. I think because when I watched mm-hmm. it, only two seasons were out, and I was waiting. Yeah, when for... I watched it, one season was oh, okay. out. Okay, and so I was like, I'll just wait until it finishes, mm-hmm. and then I restarted it. But I haven't finished. But I think that the 2019 version is superior to the older version. But it would be because the 2019 one was made after the manga was completed, whereas mm. the original uh, uh, anime was before it had been completed. So they couldn't tell the same story. Like they didn't have the information to put in all of the, uh, what do you call it? What do you call it? Foreshadowing? Uh, foreshadowing. Mm. Thank you. <laughs> Yeah, they didn't yeah. have the information to put in all of the foreshadowing that you could do when you have the full story in hand. Correct. Read the manga. The manga is really, really good. It's like, I, eventually oh. I absolutely will. I'm still basking on like having finished it, and and the genius of the three uh, season thing was they were basically going through two to three years of um, Toru staying with this uh, with the Somas. And each year was pretty much a season. And so you could see Uh, some of the characters growing up uh, mm. across the seasons. That was fun. And also, I feel like, um, I didn't look it up, but I feel like some of the creators behind the scenes probably changed season to season because I could feel like the treatment of the character, like handling of them was slightly different. And I... It might be slightly jarring to some people, but I thought that added to... It felt like the characters were different as they were growing up, like mm. they were maturing. So mm. I, I enjoyed that. I, I basically loved it completely, yeah. and I will probably end up reading the manga too. <laughs> okay, can I reiterate my my recommendation for Inuyasha, please? You guys will yeah, love I it. I started Inuyasha. Oh, I started it. Yeah. I asked you, right? Like, yeah, the I, anime. I, I, yeah, yeah, the anime. I okay, because it's on Netflix. It so I've been, oh. I've been going through Netflix anime. It is some really wild anime, anime on Netflix right now. <laughs> so I'm just. There is one where this normal, like this accountant guy from normal world, is taken, is is zapped into this alternate world, which is basically like Western medieval world where they need a hero. So they summoned a hero and this accountant from the modern world, from modern <laughs> Japan came to them and he's sorting out their kingdom by sorting out their accounts. What's that one called? I don't remember, but oh. I'll put it I'll put it in the description. Okay. <laughs> I've been trying to watch Full Metal Alchemist. 
I love that. Six attempts or something, and I still haven't okay. been able to get through. Listeners, not because it's not if you good, want to hear us talk about anime, send us an email, and should. we will do an episode. <laughs> and if you don't oh. want to hear us talk about anime, also please tell us that. <laughs> <laughs> okay, one last shout out, and then we're out. Um, so, uh, Sai and I uh, had done this episode on uh, Our Blooming Youth, our wrap-up uh, spoiler episode, and I had uh, loudly claimed that nobody but the three of us watched <laughs> Idol the Coup. <laughs> and so, someone on Twitter piped up and said, I watched. I'm so sorry, I can't find your tweet right now, so I can't, like give you a name a shout out but i see you you have watched and also we got an email from uh scott uh schultz i hope i pronounced your name right yes and um he has also watched so now we, we know appreciate that. two more people have watched it correct <laughs> i've also definitely been five people have watched it that at least a dozen <laughs> other people have definitely watched it so very that's, very that's exciting there's a community of us little small little community Oh, can I just say the person who said that uh, they watched it on Twitter is Ashley Lee. Thank you, Ashley Lee. Thanks, Ashley. Thank you, Ashley. Yeah. <laughs> for, like, giving us some hope. Validating Ashley. Ashley was the one who said there are dozens of us. Right. Oh, wow. Thanks for letting us know. <laughs> okay. Where can we be found? Saya. Uh, so, if you want to tell us about also watching Idol or whether there's an anime that we have to watch that we haven't got to yet you can find us on twitter at dramas overflow you can find me at not now saya um you can find me at anisa khalifa underscore no we will not be referring to this platform as x <laughs> that will never happen I forgot uh, <laughs> you can find me Parma, at the drama notes you can find dramas of flowers on instagram and threads at dramas over flowers underscore and you can email us dramas over flowers at gmail.com and you can find us on facebook where dramas over flowers and our website is dramasoverflowers.net where you can find essays and interesting ruminations you can also find those in our newsletter which is dramasoverflowers.substack.com <laughs> there's also a link in the description for you to click and subscribe yay and Thanks for listening, everybody. Thank you, especially to our patrons for supporting us um, over the days, months and years that you've been with us. We are always grateful for that. And we hope you're checking in on our voice note diaries. Loniacs! Loniacs! <laughs> we can't decide what to call them. Um, and yeah, be sure to check in almost every week or nearly every week nearly well, let's not even add that part <laughs> be sure to check in for new ones that's all for today um thanks for tuning in and take care everybody and bye-bye see you next time bye bye, bye. bye.